Welcome to the Right Now Show. This show is all about inspiring our generation, people in their 20s, to go out and actually go for your dream, to find out what your purpose and your mission in life is. And I know that you listening, you are capable of so much more than you can possibly imagine. And I want you to go out and I want you to make that happen. And on this show, we're going to bring on people that have inspired us, that are absolutely just crushing it in life and have overcome insane odds. And this show is called The Right Now Show because the only thing that is truly real is this moment. Let's get into the show. But yeah, we got uh, Mark Falcone on the show today. I've known Mark, what, for like eight years now? Yeah. I walked in when I was 15 to a place called i Fitness, which is a really crazy gym, Ninja Warrior gym, parkour gym, trampolines, rock climbing. Um, if you're ever in the Westchester, Pennsylvania area, you definitely have to check it out. Um, yeah, entrepreneur, gym owner. Welcome to the show, man. How is it? Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bro. So uh, let's dive into your story a little bit before I-Corps got started. Um, actually, explain what i is a little bit more in depth before we get uh, into so it. So i Fitness is uh, an all-encompassing uh, functional fitness facility. Um, we're kind of, it's, it's for me, it, it's a little bit hard to say it's a gym um, because mm. it's so different and unique. Um, we're more of like an experience in yeah. my opinion, right? So uh, we offer... Uh, a wide variety of basically like extreme athletic uh, experiences um, from like, again, the, the American Ninja Warrior was kind of like the, the start of what the brand was yeah. or is. And um, but we, we also offer like family fun, entertainment, uh, a lot of stuff for kids. Um, but it's a it's a unique facility for people to um, like express their athleticism mm-hmm. in a different way. Yeah. Um, Versus like a traditional sport. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of spawned from like the obstacle course racing, mm-hmm. uh, Ninja Warrior, and just kind of pretty much like it was like uh, a version of everything that I liked to do. Yeah. And couldn't really find it. Um, yeah. You know, anywhere else. So decided to build it. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's like a little bit gymnastics, CrossFit, parkour, Ninja Warrior, rock climbing. And it's kind of like all those things put together into one. Yeah, it's like a, a blender of a whole bunch of different sports yeah. into one. Um, but they all have like the same kind of like concept as far as like extreme, right? Um, you know, aspect to it. Yeah. So before you got into iCore, did you find yourself experimenting with all those things? And you're like, oh, I want to do these things, but there's really no place I can really go and like train it. Yeah. So I was I was watching Ninja Warrior like religiously at that point, um, as as you were as yeah. well. Yeah. And. Um, and it was really cool because it's like it's such a, a cool concept of like these people overcoming obstacles and doing this like crazy shit. And uh, and as you're watching, you're like, all right, I think I could do that. I think I could do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, but then again, it's like unless you're on the show, you don't really get to experience it or try it. Very true. Um, so, again, it was like, yeah, for me, I was like really heavy into I, I again, background was in running. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, and then I got into like the obstacle course racing, like Spartan. Yeah. I did like a tough mutter with a bunch of friends. Right. And, and sort of just like really dove into that. Um, found Ninja Warrior, got into that, and I was like, mm-hmm. I want to train for this. Um, at that time, I was like, I want to compete. I want to be on the show. I want to be right. like all these guys I watch on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there wasn't really anywhere to to, to specifically train it. Um, so I was going to like 
a traditional weightlifting gym, lifting weights, and then mm-hmm. I would go to like a park and do calisthenics and yeah. then go run in town and then go to a gymnastics gym. And I was doing all this stuff like in the same day. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, I'm going all over the place trying to like yeah. put this, put the pieces together. Right. Um, and, uh, one of the things that, that, you know, kind of spawned it was, uh, I, um, I went to a gymnastics gym, dropped in, and I was the only one there over the age of like ten, <laughs> and it was mostly all like yeah. you know girls in like their I don't know what their gymnastics leotard or whatever that's called. And I was like, I just don't fit in here. Like, this what are you doing? Yeah. Your parents are staring at you. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, this is this is not right. So, um, so yeah. Again, I was like, kind of like one night I was just walking my dog, and I was like, what if like, what if we built a place so you could do like all of this stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so I started looking for it, and I couldn't really find it. I found. Um, you know, shout out to Chris. I found the movement lab mm-hmm. um, in Jersey. Yeah. Uh, I went there, talked to them, and I was like, yo, I want to do this, like, on, like, a little bit bigger scale. Yeah. Um, so that kind of spawned it, and then it just kind of snowballed mm-hmm. and became what it is today. That's crazy. So, Jordan, you, uh, we went to i what, probably, like, two, three months ago for the first time. Um, what was your first impression when you walked in that place? It was a lot to take in at once. <laughs> so I um, I used to work at Sky Zone, so it definitely reminded me of that, but it was definitely a lot more than that as well because it wasn't just trampolines and the trampolines you guys did have for, like like you said, like the Olympic-grade trampolines, right. and then you have all of the American Ninja Warrior obstacles, and there's a million other, other as- aspects to it rather than just trampolines and jumping or, like you said, it's not one specific thing. It's a bunch of different things combined. I remember um, when you first described it as well, a really good way to describe it was that's very good for those people who are don't find the best time like doing team sports. It's a more individualistic sport where you can go in and train and just try and beat yourself every time, and you can build a community around that as well. Yep, exactly. Mm. No, that's cool. So, um, yeah, what was life before like I-Corps was even a thing, even an idea? Um. As far as, uh, like, work-wise, or do you want... Um, uh, everything, right? Yeah, I guess okay. kind of just, like, whatever cool. whatever you yeah, want to spit so out. I grew up um, with, you know, uh, the, the ADHD kind of mentality of, like, mm. I was always on the move. Um, yeah. I, again, like like you had said, I, I didn't really fit into, like, traditional sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so skateboarding was, like, my passion. Oh, really? I didn't um, know that. I picked up skateboarding in... Um, probably like the beginning of middle school right uh just got completely obsessed with it mm. um i dove in like hardcore so uh, you have that personality trait of whatever it is you're yeah a if, thousand I'm, if percent i'm gonna in. do it it's 120 percent or zero yeah. like i'm either gonna go for it or mm-hmm. i'm not doing it at all yeah um yeah and it, it, it can be a, a downfall but it can also mm-hmm. you know be a superpower to, yeah it's like a little bit of both right um mm-hmm. so um yeah, skateboarding became like my number one passion. Mm. Um, there was a point where I was like, I'm going to go professional. I'm going to do this for a living. Um, I ended up, I rode for a company for a couple of years, mm. uh, ended up taking over a skate park. And that was like the first job that I ever like managed something and ran yeah. a team of people, um, which is really interesting looking back because I had no clue that what I'm doing today is so similar mm. to the exact same concept of what I did when I was 16. Sure. <laughs> um, in, in the sense of, like, we ran summer camps, we did parties, we did mm. all sorts of, the, like, the same kind of concepts yeah. that we do in our business. Um, so I kind of got, like, a first-hand experience at that. Um, it was really cool because the owner um, was kind of absentee. Um, so he kind of just let me, like, take the ball and run with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at $10 an hour, I would work 100 hours a week. I loved uh-huh. every second of it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and then I had a key to a skate park, so I was just yeah. skateboarding, like, 
10 hours a day. Uh-huh. Um, so that was kind of like what, and I think, to be honest, I think skateboarding, it, it's kind of funny. Now it's like um, glorified a little bit more, like respected a little bit more. But mm-hmm. back then, um, you know, you were kind of a misfit if you were a skateboarder, mm. right? Which I kind of liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what was cool with it is like it gave, for me, I think that really launched like what gave me the personality traits and characteristics that I that are my strong suits, mm-hmm. which are dedication, commitment, and and going all in on you know whatever it is you're gonna do. I love that. Um, so I think yeah, I think that kind of gave me like the work ethic and the mm-hmm. mentality of like because think about like e- like skateboarding, it's like one trick it could take you months, years, mm. um, and you're just drilling thousands of repetitions, right? Very true. So it's kind of like running. It's like it's mm-hmm. very monotonous. But then once you like. Once you break through that plateau, you're like, oh, great. all right, now I want more. Yeah. Now I want more. Now I want more. That's so funny. I've never seen you skateboard before. That's something I never knew about you. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Do you ever pick up much. the board? Yeah, ever? I just bought one. I was going to say, how are you now? Oh, dude, terrible. <laughs> Comparatively. <laughs> yeah. But, right. I mean, back then, dude, when, when you're 16, 17, you have no fear. Yeah, right. no, that's the same thing with Ninja Warrior, because I, yeah. I think I was probably when I was my best, like 17, 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when, like, you're just invincible. Yeah. Right, totally. I would just throw myself off of buildings and shit. <laughs> yeah. Now I look at stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's terrifying. Yeah, sure. Yeah, what do you think that is? Like, when you grow up, you just think you're more aware of, like, what could happen? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I think it's also, like, responsibilities. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, I think... There's also like a part of your brain that I've read about that actually changes as you mature. Mm. And it's usually between like 27 to 30 years old yeah. that that like fear mentality somewhat yeah. kicks in. Huh. It's kind of like why people like, I don't know if you know Alex Honnold. He's like one of them. Yeah, most free climbers. Free climbers. Yeah. yeah. And he just like that part of his brain doesn't function. Huh. So he has no sense of fear yeah. and no care. Uh, I wish I could have that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I definitely heard that before about your brain, how it's very linear linear when you're younger, how you think about it's just like A to B versus as you get older, like you said, responsibilities, Mm -hmm. like thinking about more and rather than just throwing yourself off the building. Yeah, right. Exactly. For sure. Yeah, I wonder if there's a way that you can like conquer that. I've tried. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the parkour stuff and like flipping. Like I don't, yeah. I, I just leave that to like Bryce and some of my other right. like super talented athletic, uh, you know, um, athletes. But, uh, I just, any more, more so build stuff. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, for and, sure. And lift stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, uh, with running, I think my, my mentality has changed over, over time when I got older though. I don't mm. know with you, if that has changed. Yeah. But, like American Ninja Warrior, that kind of drifted away, and then like running came, and like I feel like I I could become a lot better runner just because like my mindset kind of changed in that way. Right. So, um, yeah, going off of that, um, once I I got more so out of the skateboarding realm, mm-hmm. I started running. Like you said, I I kind of battled like a little bit of depression. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, and uh, I went out ran a mile one day, and uh, you'll like this story. It's gonna. Oh, shoot. Um, so I went out, ran a mile, felt great. I got like that endorphin rush, you yeah. know? And I was like, dude, this is like, I feel good. Mm. So I went out the next day and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to like run. Um, so I live in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I was yeah. like, I'm just going to run to like the next state. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to run to like Delaware because it's like the closest state, Holy which sense. isn't that far. It's only like a half marathon each way. Yeah. Um, but having <laughs> never run more than a mile, I just thought that like if a one mile felt great, like. Right. Dude, marathon's got to feel incredible. Um, no, that wasn't the That's case. That's crazy. Yeah, it wasn't the case. I uh, one I, mile and then the next day running a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I I, I made it uh, barely. Uh, 
Um, but I made it there. I didn't make the full marathon that day. Mm. Um, I made it there. I crossed the the border, took a picture, and immediately called my buddy. And I was like, yo, dude, I need a ride. <laughs> and he was like, where are you at? And I was like, I, I went for a run. I think I went too far. And uh, like my <laughs> I'm legs, in the next state over. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, my legs are cramped up. I'm dehydrated. It was yeah. like 100 degrees. I was a dead of summer. Like, it was just no not way. smart. But yeah. Um, uh, so the feeling wasn't the same uh, with the mile and the marathon, um, but that there's a lot of training, I guess, that goes on between those that I started to learn from there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my body answers. That you skipped. Yeah, my body answers. He's like, "Where? What are you in Delaware?" And I was like, "Actually, yeah." <laughs> and he was like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> um, so again, that goes to my like all or nothing mentality of like, True. more is more, right? No. Yeah. Not always the case, but uh, as like a trainer, it's like we often. Um, you know, we often discuss with other trainers, like, we don't practice what we preach. Because um, mm -hmm. we're always, like, trying to, you know, keep people safe, keep people from getting injuries mm -hmm. so that you can linearly grow yeah. uh, and maintain. And then yet we go out and just, like, crush ourselves. Yeah. Um, but to your to your point on the running front, like, so there's there's a big, like, mental component to that that I think that for me it's, like, some people can meditate, some people can read, some people can sit and relax i'd like that doesn't make sense to me like even like mm -hmm. when i'm out running and i see people like going for a walk i'm like dude that sounds terrible mm -hmm. like it sounds boring yeah and then people look at me they're like why would you run like why, yeah, why do you yeah. want your heart to explode <laughs> and i'm like dude because it feels great <laughs> um so again it's just that kind of like extreme mentality yeah. like mm -hmm. so running to me was like my um meditation um it was like my way to escape like when especially like when you're running hard um i think that what that is is that it's just being present like mm -hmm. for most people like you said meditation or walking they can just feel present and be calm but for you obviously being extreme like you need like that high intensity to and that you when you're going that hard you need singular focus to be able to continue mm -hmm. so that's when you find the most clarity and peace and presence in just general yeah. exactly and i think i think that relates to pretty much like everything that's rewarding in life is hard work, right? Like it's, it's all about overcoming things and, and getting to that next level or mm -hmm. achieving a goal. Um, at least for me, that's kind of like been my personality. Yeah. Um, and I, I envy people that don't really have that. <laughs> um, I actually, it, it's funny in like, even in like talking to a therapist about it, they're like, you need to like slow down, just enjoy things and like stop working. Like, dude, work is what I do. Yeah. Like, I love to work. Mm -hmm. I love what I do. And uh, I wake up every day and try and challenge myself. And that, to me, is rewarding. That's yeah. exciting. Um, everything else just kind of seems like a waste of time. Yeah. So what, um, do, um, what do vacations look like to you, then? Pretty much the same movement. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anything extreme. Um, yeah. Uh, I can, I you can ever just go sit at the beach for a week or... Yeah, I, a beach tough. I can sit on, um, but I probably have a surfboard. <laughs> so, I can sit on a surfboard. It's tough to just sit down. Like everyone loves to do that, just go sit down, tan at the beach. But for me, I'm like, I do that for like 20 minutes. I'm like, yo, I need to do something. Yeah, like, exactly. even if it's a walk, but like I need to do something. The beach, the beach is like the one place that I'd say like I can I can sit and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, but like you, it's like like for instance, I mean, I lived in South Florida. I moved there specifically just to be on the beach mm. um i didn't even like visit the college i went to yeah. i just like picked one that i got into and i was like i'm going um 
And I would do the same thing. I would like, I would get up every morning, run. It was like exactly a 5K to get to the beach. I'd mm -hmm. run to the beach, sit for like 10 minutes, and then I'd swim half a mile, run back home, jump in the pool, and walk the dog. And that was like my morning routine. Dang. Um, which was really cool. Yeah. But again, that's like, it's kind of going back to that. Like, I'm just always trying to, like, I just want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess I got stuck in that. Like, a lot of, a lot of kids at like a young age are like, they're, you know, they just don't run out of energy. Sure. Uh, I guess I got stuck in that stage. Yeah. <laughs> so what does your uh, running look like now? Uh, well, this the past two years, um, you know, I've been battling some injury with my lower back. Um, so I haven't been as much. Um, but lately I've been, I've been trying to get back in as much as possible. Um, but, yeah, I, so running uh, <clears throat> went from one mile to going into ultra running which i kind of skipped i started in like five k's mm -hmm. um i started progressing really quick as 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 you would know um you know when you first start out in anything it's like the progress is so it's it's like so visual so quick um but then like the better you get the you know the smaller, the smaller that is, window yeah. is yeah mm. or the more it takes to get less and um so i started getting good at like the like decent at the like 5k distance race and then um you know, like Zach, I just, I, I really like craved the distance thing. I liked the thought of like being able to go from one place to another on foot yeah. and like, you don't need anything. Like you don't, mm -hmm. it's like a lot of sports, you need all this gear and stuff like running so primal. Yeah. Uh, and it's, su it's such a, it's such a basic thing that we're just innately born to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Humans are literally built to run like. Back when there was nothing that you were meant to chase down, pr chase down prey and follow yeah. them and mm -hmm. get let them tire out and continue to follow them. Yeah, I think so. We're I think we're to, and built to run. Yeah, I think we are um, one of the only creatures that's actually um, built and trained ourselves for endurance. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, think about like a cheetah or anything that's hunting its mm -hmm. prey. It's a hundred miles. And it's going full speed, yeah. real quick, short bursts. And yet we've kind of like adapted ourselves to do this like long duration um, kind of grunt work, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but again, to me, is like going places was was a was a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I went out for a run one day, um, and I ran to a tattoo shop to get a tattoo that says "I run." Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like no whatever. It sounds like something fun to do. So I know you. What was like the longest run you've ever done? Seventy-five miles. Seventy-five miles. Yeah, I've never. What made was it that like? Oh, um, okay. So that was fun. Um, so yeah, I, I was doing five Ks and then I decided like, I want to do this like ultra marathon stuff. Mm -hmm. Cause like I would go out like every once in a while and like, like you, like I would say like, all right, I'm going to run a marathon. So mm -hmm. like I never actually have run a race, like a marathon distance race. Really? Um, I've run the distance by myself, yeah. um, but never like competitively. So I went, I went straight from five K to like, I want to run ultras mm. and, um, so in doing that, uh, again, my training and preparation was not ideal. I just kind of went for it mm -hmm. um, because I, you know, again, that was, this was back, back in the day before I knew anything about fitness. I just yeah. liked to move. Um, and I was invincible, I thought. Right. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I just, I just decided to start going for like the ultra distance runs um, without really any training. I thought like, all right, if I can run a 5K and, you know, 16, 17 minutes, mm -hmm. um, just break the whole race into five Ks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Run a ton of them. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> so I did that. I went out, I did a race. It was called 20 and 24. It was a 24 hour, um, ultra, uh, 
it was an 8.4 mile loop mm. um in philadelphia oh, wow. so it was pretty flat yeah um you know there was like two bridges that was about it mm-hmm. so i was like this is perfect because it was cool like you you set up like a little base camp mm. right at like fairmount park okay and then you run this loop so every time you you know complete a loop you're like back at your base camp so yeah you, you, you can have like your nutrition your food everything there true um you could take breaks whenever you want mm-hmm. uh, so it was like the perfect like first ultra yeah i thought um and i actually met a guy while running uh like a month before this race mm-hmm. and I, th- I told him what like what i was gonna do this race and he was like dude i'm, I'm actually doing that race and i was oh, like shoot. oh shit like he was an ultra runner yeah like, what are the odds of this that mm-hmm. i ran into this dude while running yeah um <laughs> And uh, so, anyway, so I get to talking to him, and I'm like, yeah, like, what, like, what's it like? Have you done it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I do it every year. And he's like, yeah, they have, like, food and vendors and stuff. Like, you're, you're like, you kind of just get hooked up on everything. So mm. I was like, oh, bet. I don't really need to, like, bring anything. Um, I didn't take into consideration, like, weather, um, nutrition, like, pretty much mm. anything. I brought a cooler with, yeah. like, some beers. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm just going to have a good time. Right. Um, <laughs> no, my thought was when like when the pain started to kick in, and I was yeah. like, "All right, I'm like breaking." Then I was like, "I'll just drink a beer." Like, yeah, which actually a lot of runners do. It's interesting. Kinda, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, I mean, maybe but, like the carbs help. Maybe I don't I, know. I, I, I just I feel like that's the yeah, it's, it's that's experience. what they tell themselves. Yeah, that's what we want to believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe a little bit there, but some size behind it, <laughs> right? Um, so I yeah I, I got there. Um. It was like a, I think it was like a 7 a.m. start time, 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. the next day. And it was just as many miles as you can complete. So not like you're going to get lost anywhere. Right. Um, but I didn't bring like any nutrition. I didn't bring I didn't, like people had like tents, like chairs, and mm-hmm. cots and beds. And like I'm like, I just had a cooler with some beers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, not smart. How um, far did you expect to go that day? I had no clue, dude. I was just, like, just going to do what I can. And yeah. well, so I ended up calling my brother because I got there and it's like pouring rain. Mm. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't think about like rain, right. <laughs> like blisters and stuff. True. So I ran like the first eight and a half miles. And I'm like, dude, I've already got like blisters on my feet. Like, mm. And so I called my brother. I was like, yeah, dude, like any chance you can drive to Philly and like bring me some nutrition, socks. some socks, some shoes, a chair, maybe like something. Yeah. And uh, so he hooked it up, dude. He brought like all this stuff. He went to, uh, went to Walmart, bought like an entire case of like those goo gels. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I just like those. lived off those. Oh, yeah. not anymore. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I just started running these loops and, um, and just, again, I was breaking it into like five K's and I was like, oh, I can run like a seven minute mile. Like, mm-hmm. At that point, like seven, seven and a half minute mile was like recovery. Um, Like I wasn't, I was staying in like zone two. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just hold that pace. And every eight and a half miles, I'll just take, you know, take a little break Mm -hmm. at base camp, Um, which is like the worst way to run an ultra, Mm -hmm. to be honest. To take breaks. Oh yeah. Sit down, lay down like that. Yeah. Horrible. Um, So yeah, by like mile 50, I was started dragging where like my feet were dragging the ground and I was yeah. like, Oh no. And, uh, and it was cool though. Like you start like almost hallucinating. <laughs> um, your brain goes into these weird, wild, dark places. Like, mm. especially if it's dark out. Yeah. Like, and, and I know you guys have probably experienced it. Of course, I know you have Zach. Um, but the, uh, like the runner's high. Yeah. Uh, the further you go, the higher the highs and the lower the lows. And then mm. like, they, but they like, they kind of like wax and wane. So like, yeah. um, I like mile 50 it was like i would feel great and i'd be like dude this is incredible like i'm i'm i've made it 50 <laughs> miles i got another 50 in me right yeah and then uh 
And then at like 52, I'm like, dude, why the hell am I doing this? Like, this is horrible. <laughs> Everything hurts. I hate my life. I hate yeah, my you start to get pissed off. Yeah. And then like, and then it comes back and you're like, wait, wait, wait we got this. We got yeah. this. And then I was like, yeah. like, no, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting experience. Um, mm. But uh, but again, it kind of goes back to like everyday life. Like it, it's just the mental warfare. Exactly. Of like, well, that's what we do within life. And, and so we're just testing ourselves and testing our limits to see like, you know, how who we can become yeah. yeah um so in in the running sense that's kind of been like my running is like the metaphor for life as far mm. as like what it can bring to you as yeah. far as mentally and challenging physically yeah for sure now me and him we're uh, we're running a 50 mile ultra first one in oh, october boy. um what advice do you have for us like as far as strategy and training, well, sounds like you have a lot of experience in preparing correctly yeah. and <laughs> nutrition. Well, he's done other a lot of other races, and you've been running so, for a long time. Yeah, that was that was like almost twenty years ago at this point. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, after that story, I'm sure no one wants to listen to my advice. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, I've, I've I, again, I've, I kind of got that like got me into the fitness realm. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. The ultra distance is an interesting one that, like, you don't need to run an ultra to prepare for an ultra. Mm. Um, I don't even think really, and this is just completely my opinion, but I don't think in in when I've actually structured training, I don't think mm. I've ever run more than, like, 15 miles oh, on, a, on a long run yeah. um, leading up to an ultra. Mm. Um because if you think about like an ultra, like you're basically doing like what? What do you run like per week right now, mileage wise? Probably like right now, like thirty ish. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So when you start like ramping that up and you get mm -hmm. to like fifty, sixty miles, yeah, like that's you're, what you're running mm -hmm. that distance. You're running that ultra distance in the week that you're yeah, training, right? And exactly. So your body's not like recovering fully. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, uh, I think one of the misconceptions or mistakes that people often make is that. Um, they'll overtrain the distance and then go into the race broken. Mm. Um, so yeah. I think, you know, getting that mileage in throughout the week is, is important, but I don't think you really need to train like ultra distance to run ultras, mm. um, at least like leading up to the race. Sure. Um, but pretty much the, the cool thing about ultras, um, as long as you're healthy and everything's working right, as far as mm -hmm. like mechanics and legs and, and like your cadence and pacings on, mm -hmm. um, it's just a nutrition game. Yeah. Right. So like the, the, the only thing that's going to really stop you is when you, your glycogen is depleted, you know, lactic mm -hmm. acid's building up in your body and you can't, yeah. you can't flush it fast enough. Mm. Um, but as long as you like stay hydrated and stay fueled, yeah. which is tough because, um, balance yeah a lot of people call a lot of like high-end runners call ultra running like <clears throat> it's an eating competition mm. um <laughs> because your body doesn't it like rejects it after you know when you're yeah i noticed that on, on my marathon I, I noticed that it was yeah. hard it was hard to put down just like one goo at the end right yeah so like your yeah, body i i ran like 12 miles yesterday and like that's like for I me a, a lot so like I came back and like my um they had my parents had dinner for me and I was like I need like a, an hour like I like slowly started like eating like apples like uh, it was just like very slow and then after a while I like was able to eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like that point where you're like so hungry that you're not hungry anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like almost yeah. like a like nausea nausea feeling. Yeah. Um, and you kind of gotta like force it. Exactly. Um, but it, I think it's important uh, in, in the ultra sense to to find things that like your body can handle, and everyone's a little bit different. So I think in preparation and leading up to it, the that nutrition part of finding out like what what works.
works well for you? What does your body like? What mm -hmm. does it not tolerate? Um, so again, like simulating the race, even like like your 12 mile or yesterday, um, you know, just to start like playing with different food groups and different things that your body reacts well to mm -hmm. and then just sticking to that. Right. Um, I think a lot, another thing that a lot of people don't think about or do <coughs> that shouldn't <laughs> is um, the like taper. Um, like I don't really take days off, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of people will, will like roll their eyes at that. But mm -hmm. uh, again, I just, I like to move. I'm, I'm built to move. Yeah. And I'm not going to stop. And, uh, so you're saying tapering is good or bad in your opinion? It, it's good, and it depends on how you define it, right? So I define it as in like by weeks, so right. like three to five week chunks of like tapering, like so you going wanna, up, yeah. going up, hit a climax, and then last two like two groups of five weeks or whatever come down. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's good <coughs> to have like it's good to have like a deload week, mm -hmm. um, but again, I think like some people take like three, four days off leading up to a race mm. and then go into it and their body is just trash. Like it's not, it's not primed and ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, body in motion stays in motion. Right? Yeah. I would, mm. That's probably like the biggest, um, advice that I would want is like, um, going into a race. How do you want to train like last two weeks? Let's say. So I think again, especially with the ultra distance, like your body is not going, to, you're not going to make much adaptations in two weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Again, sticking to the same routine to me is what's worked the best for me. Um, again, like I said, I don't really take days off. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that like I'm going hard every day. Yeah, uh, I'm not David Goggins <laughs> um, at all. Um, but uh, like, in, like an, a rest day for me would be like you know I'm running a 10 minute mile pace for three, four miles like that. Like to me, my body is still recovering. Like active it. recovery. Yeah. So everything's active or I'll be like on an assault bike, something low impact or no impact. Yeah. Um, but still like keeping your, you know, the juices flowing, yeah. keeping the blood flow going. Makes sense. Um, keeping like your joints, your body primed. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's kind of what my advice would be leading up to it. As far as like the taper goes is obviously backing down from like super high volume, um, but still keeping in that movement yeah. leading up to it. So you're, you're, you know, you're ready, primed and ready to go. Yeah. Cause my thought process is like you said, I don't want to take off four or five days before the race, but I also don't want to, I want to have fresh legs as well. So it's like, yeah, it's a finding fine, that it's balance. fine line. Yeah. And, and sure. again, everyone's different. Like, mm -hmm. um, in, in my sport of like what I've been doing, um, the recent couple of years, um, in hybrid racing, which we can get into a little Definitely. bit more, um, there's a couple people that are just anomalies. Like, mm -hmm. um, like there's one chick that, uh, that I raced with that, uh, she could go run a hundred mile race, win it the next day, drive across the country, go run a five, five mile or five K distance race mm -hmm. and win that. And it's like, yeah. how is this possible? Wow. That, like you can go fast and you can go yeah. hard and like in like the same week. And uh, yeah, and then she'll be like climbing a mountain the next day. Yeah, that's just the Goggins <laughs> mindset of yeah, running like, and, and like hundred milers every weekend. A lot of us joke because we're like, all right, like this, this she's got to break this race. This, this race, like she's gonna break. She's gonna break. Never happens. It just keeps going. I'm like, damn, it must be pretty cool to yeah. be able to just have that engine and your body is just for sure adapted to it. But uh, but again, she's been doing it her whole life, so it, everyone's a little bit different for sure. Um, yeah, anymore, I just. I just break. <laughs> what about uh, any any advice for blisters? Ooh, like prevention. <laughs> mm. 
get really good socks. Because that's my biggest. Yeah, I think like, my biggest fear is just like getting blistered up and then just having to run another twenty miles with blisters all over my. Yeah, feet. so we did a twenty mile hike. Um, what two weeks ago now? Yeah. If that. And uh, he Don't got. Remind me. He was he was chafing and his and well, it was kind of like your taint, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I put like my chapstick on it. I don't think it helped, but eventually it went away. And then he got a bunch of blisters on his feet. Yeah, I was gonna say chapstick is 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 the go-to. I think yeah. in runners and that, but um, yeah, the bl- blister thing is is kind of shitty. Like, yeah, it's just it's just something you go through. Yeah. Um, I think about like going back to the primal of like humans and being built. Like, I wonder what it would be like if you like started training like this is obviously just random, but like started training like barefoot. Like, what that would do. Um, so I think that is an interesting. I actually I read a book um, on barefoot running, and it is interesting. They they like did a documentary on like a tribe. I forget mm. where it was, so don't quote me on that. But uh, but it was like some indigenous tribe and they all just ran barefoot and same thing they could run like ultra distances and they mm-hmm. had like no issues um yeah. but they were also doing it for hundreds of years yeah um so as humans and like in in you know in where we are in this world um we're not really made for it because mm-hmm. because of technology Modern day. And yeah so i think if I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, if that's like your style, it's but 50 I think, miles barefoot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think you can go out and just do that. The other yeah. thing is, dependent on the terrain, like I don't think running barefoot on a road, no, is, no, is safe great for. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, barefoot on uh, grass, like barefoot sprints, yeah. those are good. Does it? They're gonna strengthen the the muscles in your feet a lot exactly. better. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also toe spreaders that you can get because yep. we're not actually supposed to wear shoes. Yeah. you know, like our ancestors probably didn't really yeah, wear shoes that often. Like grip the f- yeah, so we're supposed to have a wider foot. So you, mm-hmm. if you get toe spreaders, it'll kind of like strengthen. You know, mm-hmm. where your feet need to be strengthened. That yeah. I I never tried them. I know Drew has though. Honestly, where I got the idea is, I remember when I was younger, I watched the episode of, like, Naked and Afraid to prepare. They would, like, be, like, yeah. stepping on, like, gravel and, like, doing, like, yeah, right. things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, your your feet are naturally made to, like, your toes are made to splay. Yeah. Right? So they're made to be, like, spread out, and that's what gives you, like, your balance and your, mm-hmm. your um, you know, uh, ability to, like, coordinate. Sure. Um, so I think with the shoe industry, it's it's actually, like, kind of preach the opposite and we've mm-hmm. gotten these like real tight narrow yeah. toe boxes. exactly um but recently um like ultra brooks there's a couple of companies that kind of like have been blazing the trail backwards mm-hmm. of, of like creating a wider toe box yep. to let the feet breathe and let yeah. them actually function the mm-hmm. way they were supposed yeah, to yeah once i learned that probably like maybe a year ago or a couple months ago like just like randomly like once i'm getting out of bed or like i'm in the shower like i just always spread my feet as like much as possible and just like try to keep them like that just to like try to offset it a little mm. bit like i just do it all the time my free time like now i just do it without even thinking like That's if i'm barefoot i just like automatically spread my toes and yeah. try to like make them hmm. make them big Nice. Yeah, I think that definitely helps mm-hmm. for sure. What What's your take on, um, like, I don't know if you guys, you're probably familiar with, like, the heel-toe drop um, as far as, like, minimalist or more cushion. Like, that's always oh. the, when it, on the shoe topic, that's, like, the, the age-old debate of, like, what's what's right. Kind of, like, yeah. spreading the gap between, like, your traditional Nike, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, like the um, Kipchoge shoe mm-hmm. um like the vapor fly um, right that yeah, has yeah. this huge stack height um 
but the heel toe offset isn't really that high. It's mm-hmm. just a huge stack height with like carbon plates and whatnot versus like um, minimalist shoes yeah. uh, that have like zero drop. Which when I say that, I mean like the di- the the um, the, the gap, sole the gap between the heel and toe right uh, offset. Uh, in mm-hmm. like millimeters is how it's usually measured. Right, um, has been an interesting one for me. Like I love shoes. Um, yeah, 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 I've got like ten pairs of shoes in my car. Uh-huh. Uh, what what uh, works best for you? Do you so think? that's what, that's what's interesting is I've kind of like molded a little bit. The um, I I was always super into like very minimalist, like almost barefoot like mm-hmm. shoes. Yeah. Um, and uh, since technology has changed as far as like the carbon plates and whatnot, I've found there's a couple of shoes that that have a bigger stack height that work better for me as far as um just kind of alleviating that like that pounding um you yeah. know you create mm-hmm. from each stride um but again I, i'm still more into like the minimalist type of shoe um like i race in a shoe that's three ounces mm-hmm. it's like literally like paper yeah Which, um, what, what uh is it the Saucony one no so i have the the reebok float ride pro oh interesting too. um huh. but but recently, I've been um, more into the Saucony. Um, what is that? Endorphin. Yeah, Pro, the Endorphin Pro Three. Pro. Yeah. yeah. Did you get new ones? I know you bought I, some I and the then ones you didn't like them, and then yeah. you did you get new? No, ones I actually or? kept them. Yeah, because okay. they were they were, the they were narrow. Like I think them? I got I think I got too, size too small, hmm. but I, I'm still wearing them, and I can I can already tell I feel a lot faster than them. Interesting. They're more of a speed shoe. If I'm if I'm running anything over seven, I don't want to wear them though. Yeah, they kind of roll you onto like your forefoot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in my opinion, I feel like from like a beginner or like someone new into running that doesn't mm-hmm. have like drilled mechanics, it's yeah. probably not a good shoe. Right. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. This is the first time like I've actually trained running. Like Zach's got me into it. I've never. I played soccer in high school, but still, I just always hated running. Never a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm starting to actually train it. Yeah, I mean, twelve miles. That's not. Yeah, that's not a, a short distance. No. Yeah, most people that's a that's a lifetime of running. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, so good for you, man. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think again, like the the um, that carbon plated shoe is, yeah. is good for um, you know I I use it a lot in like either longer or like recovery runs, um, just because it it because of that like carbon plate and the rigidity of that sole. Mm-hmm. Um, it really like puts like a spring in your step as far as like, the ground force production of how it reacts when your foot hits the ground. Yeah. It almost like springs you forward, mm-hmm. springs you up. Um, so it's a, le- a little bit These less. These are the Saucony's, the Endorphin mm-hmm. 3's? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Endorphin Pro 3 um, is the newest one that, that I really like. Yeah, I like it a lot. What too. are some basic mechanics that um, you found to be helpful? Dude, this is an interesting topic. So um, you can read anything <laughs> on the internet obviously mm-hmm. yeah um but it, it, it's it's funny in the running world that like cadence foot strike um you know all those different things that make up your mechanics mm-hmm. it varies so much between different people um and so from and i'm no running scientist yeah you know? yeah uh, i'm not a professional runner in any sense. no i've been i just been doing it for a little while mm-hmm. <laughs> but so i've read a lot of books on it um and there's there's you know there's people that preach like you want your cadence to be 180, um, which would be like your steps per minute, mm-hmm. no matter what pace you're running. Interesting. Um, which there's some like validity to that, mm-hmm. um, but I I still think there's like depending on if you're sprinting or you're kicking home or yeah. um, 
or like you know different sized athletes if you yeah. got like real long legs and build yeah. like a gazelle mm-hmm. um some people's stride is a lot higher mm-hmm. some people lean a lot more forward um and uh so I, I think like ryan hall who is like one of the it's you know u.s like best marathoner mm-hmm. um in the country uh and if you look at his stride compared to like kipchoge it's so different um, they both have like a mid to four foot strike, which I think that's like pretty critical. Um, cause you don't want to be heel striking. You no. don't want to be like breaking yourself. Uh, cause every time you hit your heel, you're, you're literally stopping the, the momentum of going mm. forward. Right. Yeah. You're also putting a ton more on so your, it's like running on like the balls of your feet or even a little bit yeah, higher or just midfoot even. Um, but again, everyone's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's elite level marathoners that you can like break down their stride and their heel striking and yeah. like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, but could they be better if they didn't? I don't know. Yeah. Um, right. But I think everyone has like, just like just kind of walking train. and running is like a natural primal movement. Yeah. I think everyone <clears throat> is built a little bit different. Um, so I think the strides going to look different from individual to individual. That doesn't mean that you can't like perfect it for what works for you. Yeah. But mm-hmm. again, I think just like kind of playing with like what is natural to you. Um, also like, you know, taking into consideration like joints versus muscles. Like if, if your joints are hurting, like, like I know for me, uh, I dealt with like knee issues, um, for a while. Uh, and it was mostly because I wasn't wearing like a minimalist shoe. I was mm. heel striking cause I was wearing a big heel really? thinking like, Oh, more cushion means I yeah. can go, that means I can go farther. Right. Um, it was actually kind of the adverse. As soon as I went to like more minimal shoe, mm. my stride was better because um, it had I to was be. more, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And I was more like on like my midfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of like when you're striking your heel on the ground, um, all that force is going into your joints, like mm. your ankles, your knees, your shins, like yeah. it's taking that. When you're yeah, on that's the ball where I notice the most is with my knees, like on the on the outsides of each knee. Yeah, so you're using like more like anterior um when you're heel striking i I, this is just my opinion Mm -hmm. but if you think about like do a calf raise what are you doing you're standing on your toes Mm -hmm. right so you're engaging your calves you're using your muscles and your your you know your calves your quads your glutes more than impacting your joints right yeah building that you stay on your heels and you're not using muscles do you uh do you stretch a lot no Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I try to. I, yeah. I, I need to. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, my that's mobility hilarious. is terrible. I mean, it, I feel no, like... No, not at all. Yeah, right. It's like, but that takes away from the time I can be training. Um, no. It takes away it, from it, the pounding. Right. I, I am a big proponent of, like, all the gadgets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've got, like, the Hypervolt. Um, I've got a um, a wireless... Um, What's a Hypervolt? It's like a massage gun. It's a massage gun. Uh, yeah, it's, like, one of the top ones. Um, yeah. Uh, and I've got, I've got a wireless like stim machine. Okay. Um, yeah. That thing's cool. What is it called? Have you ever done acupuncture? Yeah. So my, one of my buddies, um, John Herding, shout out John, um, owns a, uh, performance, mm-hmm. precision performance, physical mm-hmm. therapy. Uh, he has a couple of clinics around our area and he does like awesome stuff with like, recovery. Um, they do like dr- a lot of like dry needling with stim, so mm. they'll like hook stims up to the needles, and then so it's like... basically acupuncture with stim. Yeah. And so you're awesome. like basically, um, you know, you're like vibrating the muscle from the in the belly mm-hmm. of the muscle mm-hmm. from the inside out. Yeah. Um, that is is like to me is fascinating. I think that's cool stuff. So how is the um, result of that? Do you notice like a huge great. difference? Or? So one day, I will say this, and and yeah, it's it's 
was mind blowing to me. But I um, one day I was I was at my gym and he actually came in, and I was like, dude, I don't know what's wrong with like my my elbow. Like I couldn't do a pull up, which like you know in our world is like yeah oh, oh something's really wrong <laughs> yeah um it was just like locked up yeah day zach can't do a pull-up he's oh, he's <laughs> that's the day the world ends yeah <laughs> um but uh but yeah he's like oh i think i got some needles in my car or whatever he runs out like shoves a bunch in my arm he's like wiggling them around like, <laughs> and that, like skews me out i'm like oh. and he's like dude just chill out i'm like dude this is gnarly and then uh but literally like five minutes later he's like all right try and do a pull-up and i was like what the hell it's perfectly fine. Yeah. It's like back to normal. So it, it does help in, in certain yeah. you know, certain situations. Um, but again, going back to like the stretching stuff, I'm, I'm big into recovery. The stretching part, I definitely don't do enough of. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just built a new ice bath. So I'm like, I'm into that stuff. Oh, yeah, nice. Ice baths um, is like the thing yeah. for me. I love ice baths. Like they just. Like even before you me. run, you don't. You, do you stretch at all? So um that's another another misconception that a lot of people have with stretching. Um, well, there's dynamic and exactly. static, right? So, like, your static stretching, you don't want to do before right. you're running. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but dynamic, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and that was interesting, too, when I, um, I had a running coach the last couple of years just specifically programming my running for me so I didn't have to think about it. Mm. Um, he was also significantly more talented than I am. And um, so I, I trusted him and his, his process. And that was actually really cool to see the differences between what i had learned and what i had done on my own Mm -hmm. compared to what you know someone who that's specifically their profession interesting um and one of the one of the biggest takeaways to that was the warm-ups and cool downs Mm -hmm. um he had me like building a lot more volume than i had ever done like i would go if i'm gonna go run a 5k right i'd do like maybe a couple strides of like 50 meters and then okay. do like your A skip, B skips, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, typical like track runner kind of yeah. warm up. But I, I probably wouldn't accumulate more than like a half mile mm-hmm. uh, in my warm up. Yeah. Um, and now his theory was like, it takes your body like 15 to 20 minutes to get, to get into that mode of like ready to go. Um, yeah. I noticed that like the first mile, mile and a half, like it doesn't feel that mm-hmm. good. And then you start to get, you Click. Ca- ca- catch a second wind kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, also, those are usually my fastest miles, too, is, like, the first and second, even if I don't work. Well, like, stretch, really? I stretch before, but then also, Okay. Like, Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, everyone's different. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you're also It's going, probably just because I'm a beginner as well, just learning and training. Mm. And you're also going, Zach, you're going, like, distance. Right. Like, do you do, you do much speed work? Uh, right now, a little bit, yeah. Okay. I'm running, like, uh, like, I'll do, like, 5Ks okay. and kind of go for kind of time. Not like all out, but yeah, pretty good pace. Like I want to kind of work my pace and then kind of taper off it, but more distance in, right. the, in the future. Yeah, most most like sprint or like fast people, that would be the five k is like long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the where were we on that? What, what were you saying about your coaching? And what oh you yeah, so do? it was it, that was super interesting to me. It was like I would I would get the program and it would be like all right like a three mile warm up, And I'm like, that's like a workout. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like a three mile warm up. Yeah, like I'm like, done after that. No, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Right. And then it, we get into it and yeah. it's like the speed work and it's like, you know, uh, three miles is a long time for, what would the warm up look like? Like, is it like, so it's all relative to what like your zone two pacing would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. so at that point for me, it was like between like six forty to seven twenty minute pace per mile. 
Um, so I would go out like right around a seven minute mile. Um, and that would be like my warm up for two, three miles. Mm. Um, but it was interesting because he would also have a cool down that was the same pacing. A lot of times it was the same as the, the warm up uh, at the end of the workout. And the whole purpose of it is just to put more volume into your workout. Mm. Um, so I would have like bookends of longer distances than I ever programmed for myself. Wow. Um, which is, that was interesting to me. Cause then I, that, that's when I went from like, like you, I was doing like 30 miles a week, uh, within like that first year I was up to like 60. Wow. Um, and, I, and how was your performance? It, like drastically better. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I made like significant gains. That was when I started like actually getting on podiums and races and whatnot. Wow. Um, yeah, which I mean, compared to most of the people that compete in this stuff, I'm like small mm-hmm. potatoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, but it is more fun when you start like seeing performance gains for right? sure. Um, so after that 75 miler, what um, what other races did you do? So that was the only. Um, I know it wasn't the only ultra. Uh, I did another ultra actually up, not too far from here in like the Penn State area. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a 50k. So 31.5 miles. Yeah, I think like Zach that. did that not too long ago. I don't know yeah. if it was the same one. Yeah, but. it was a different one. I, I almost thought it was the same too, um, but it's same area. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I've done a bunch of ultras just like like Zach, stupidly, just on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but those were the only two like actual ultra races that I've done as of right now. Um, more so I got into like the obstacle course racing um, and then more recently, um, which is like a more of a new sport, uh, is hybrid fitness racing. Um, which so, is like the Tough Mudders or what's that? No, so it's very similar to OCR, which is obstacle course racing mm-hmm. in the sense of like um, you're breaking up a run between obstacles, right? So you're like sprinting to an obstacle, climbing a wall, climbing a rope, carrying something heavy. Um, <clears throat> hybrid fitness racing is more so if you took like crossfit and obstacle course racing and mash them together mm. take out the obstacles but each where each obstacle would be is more so like a fitness station yeah um so it's it's really cool because um the races that we do um there's two uh one's called high rocks and one's called deco fit and the deco fit um we're affiliated with in our gym um so the way that they work is like gyms can affiliate with them and run competitions out of their facility Mm-hmm. Um, so we run competitions out of our facility and then I compete in competitions all around the country oh, for shoot. That. and uh, DECA fits cool it's, it's 10 fitness stations um, so you've got like weighted lunges uh, skier, rower, box jumps um, mm-hmm. you know just 10 different fitness stations um, but you're running 500 meters between each station wow okay um, so, so how, many, how, many, how long is the distance exactly the a 5k Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not a, it's not a long race, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with the ten different stations, it's, yeah, it's it's wild. I see. I thought it was gonna be like five miles with the obstacles. I'd be like, that's like. Yeah. So the uh, high rocks, which is a similar, very similar um, format. Yeah. Um, is eight sta- eight stations, um, but it's a a thousand meters between each station, mm. um, so the distance is doubled. Um, and then each station is longer. Like it's it's a gnarly race. Yeah. And that so that's anywhere between like like the elites are like just around an hour. Yeah. Uh, and then like most like, you know, physically fit <laughs> yeah. people that aren't like competing to win are like. So it's a little bit more intensity two. rather than endurance. 
Yeah, so well, it's it's endurance for sure, but it's definitely high intensity. The mm-hmm. deca fit, which is the shorter distance, um, is is yeah, it's you're redlining the entire time. Yeah, wow. Um, so that's super fun. It seems like that's what you train for at the gym, like those so, classes that I've seen. Yeah, so that's that's what got me into it was when I found it. I'm like, dude, this is perfect because mm-hmm. what's there's a couple different things that it uh, varies from obstacle course racing. Uh, in the hybrid fitness sense, it's you know, every race is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so every DecaFit race is exactly the same format, the same equipment, the same distance. Mm. Um, so you can measure performance. Uh, whereas, like, with obstacle course racing, like, you could go to a, mount- <coughs> a mountain race that's five miles. Yeah. Right? And then, like, go to the next one the next year, even and in the same You don't really place. know where you're at. Well, the course changes. The obstacles change every time. The uh, conditions change. Mm-hmm. The weather changes. So the DecaFit and High Rocks are both indoors. They're in stadiums. Yeah. Um, you know, mostly in like convention centers. So like you're not you're not dealing with elements. It's dead flat. It's the same op- like the same stations every time. Yeah. Um, so it's really easy to measure like how you're progressing. Which from the business sense of it, it's it's um, a huge benefit for us uh, running a business that's training people that can literally see their progress true um versus like okay i think i did better than mm-hmm. i did last time right. but i really don't know yeah um so that's kind of cool that like intrigues me because it brings more of that like scientific approach to like trying true. to um linearly get better how, uh, how popular is that because actually i didn't really know about that dude so it's only three years old oh really um yeah so um what the ocrs no uh hybrid fitness racing. Oh, okay um What's the difference? So, uh, OCR is the obstacle course. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you're good. I was lost. I was like, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. I wasn't sure. No, I thought well, it was the same thing. That's no, why. yeah. OCR this, is like the actual obstacles. This is more like CrossFit and running put together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. So think of it like it, it's it's very similar as far as like the conditioning and the training mm-hmm. goes, but the actual race is very different in the fact that like obstacle course racing is using obstacles between breaking up runs yeah um but the the distance between the obstacles is always different and undulating terrain and whatnot versus uh, hybrid fitness is there's no it's not they're not really obstacles they're just like fitness stations gotcha you know so like a skier a rower um they're always the same always the same so um which sounds boring but it's there's so much that goes into the training for it which as again from like the running background like Mm. running is, is one thing um Versus, like, now we can add, I can add as much volume of training as I want. Because yeah. I could be on an assault bike, which is no impact, and training the, you know, resistance and endurance on that. Um, versus, like, if I'm just running to run, you can only do so much before your body's going to break down, right? Sure. Depending on who you are. Definitely. Which also um, gives you a lot more room to be able to improve, to train those different things, your yeah. weak spots or whatever. Exactly. Because different. it's not just running and, like, trying to do this one thing and hammering. It's, like, mm-hmm. whatever it is, box jumps or skier or whatever. Yeah, Definitely. it's, like, a very different, like, different modalities. Um, so that's that's really cool in the fact that, like, it's, it's measurable. Yeah. Um, from the business sense, it makes sense. Uh, it's also for... For me, uh, another thing that attracted me was that obviously, so we have a gym, and I have all the equipment that's in every yeah, race. So like literally. we can literally simulate the race mm-hmm. any day, any time, any moment. Whereas right. like like um, uh, Palmerton is like a, a it's a very like renowned race for Spartan racing okay. for obstacle course racing. Yeah. 
um, <clears throat> only because it's 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 the closest highest mountain around here mountain mm-hmm. if you want to call it yeah um, but to train that like for where I am I'm two hours away from that mountain I had like when I was training that to compete in it I was driving up there like every week oh, to run it mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm like that's like four hours of driving no, you know, out and back um, just to run five miles up a mountain sure. like, um, versus now I, I'm already at yeah. the gym. I'm like, I could, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, got, I've got 20 minutes. I could sneak something in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very convenient for me. Definitely. Um, but also it's cool. Um, that differentiates from like just traditional running is, um, you know, again, we're in, we're in like a convention center, so it's in like a tight space. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that the stations are laid out around, it's basically picture like a track. Yeah. And then all the stations are around the track. Okay. So you're like running the track and then hitting the station, running mm-hmm. the track, hitting the next station. So you're kind of like consistently going around. Yeah. Um, and then the, the center of it is like your festival area. So that's where you have like your DJ, your announcers, all your spectators, mm-hmm. you know, other competitors. So you can literally watch like the whole race while you're you that's know, from one place um, versus like running race. Like, no one really wants to watch a running race. I mean, yeah, you can only like, watch so much anyway. Yeah, it's like, all right, he's moving, he's still moving, <laughs> still going. Yeah, or or like in obstacle course racing, it's it's a hard sport to to really like gain traction as far as like spectators and getting people mm-hmm. into it because like three, two, one, go, everyone takes off, and then you're in the woods. Like no yeah, one, yeah, like, no one, you can't really watch that. No. Um, versus this, like it's it's again, it's measurable, um, it's consistent, and it's. Um, spectator friendly so i think from from my perspective from like the business sense i think that's where that's like the next to me in 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 my kind of industry that's like the next big thing do you see that growing a lot oh yeah nice yeah like i said the the deck of fit's only a couple years old so Mm -hmm. it's still relatively new but a lot of the like endurance athletes crossfit guys like a lot of high level competitors have been getting into like the Mm -hmm. high rocks and that yeah so it's really gained a lot of traction because you got all these like basically quote unquote professional athletes that are really diving into it Definitely. and kind of making it their sport. Right. Um, so yeah, again, there's there's not a lot of money in it <laughs> at yeah. all. So it's more of a passion, but um, sure. but there's there's a few people that are making a living <clears throat> off of it for sure. Yeah. What do you like better, OCR or you know the the hybrid stuff? Hybrid racing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's I've, no, that's cool. Night and day for me. Yeah. So for the OCR, what kind of obstacles is it? Is it just like climbing ropes or like jumping a wall? Yeah, so it, yeah, it's you typically depending on the the distance of races. There's like uh, a <coughs> few different distances, kind of like like your five yeah five hundred meters, five thousand meters. Right. Um, so depending on the race, will vary how many obstacles are in the race. Um, but like a traditional like Spartan race is probably the biggest company right now in that realm. Um, so they their their obstacles are usually like between. 20 to 30 obstacles within the given distance um so you've got like barbed wire crawls sandbag carries um climbing walls climbing ropes gotcha um just going over a bunch of stuff through yeah. a bunch of yeah. stuff. basically just compromise the electric wires at the end yeah that's like the tough mutter mm-hmm. thing I, I don't know what that was for but um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so like, yeah, there's, they've got like water obstacles where you're like swimming through water, climbing under walls and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of like a military yeah, base kind of thing. Yeah, that's where it originated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it varies depending on the race. Yeah. 
So do you have any uh, interest in an Ironman by any chance? Oh, God, dude. That, <laughs> I, I know a bunch of people that do that. I, I've thought about it. Because it seems right up your alley. You're just missing the, I mean, the biking and swimming. I don't know how into those you that are. That would be but. my problem. The run, I don't have problems. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. the swim that's yeah. terrifying. The swim yeah. is what everybody's like, yeah, I'm dude. good. <laughs> so I started, like I said, I, I had a, I've, I've had a back injury that I've been dealing with. And um, and I started. Swimming I, would be perfect. Yeah, so I started, <laughs> I started swimming. Well, no, I didn't. I, well, I tried to. Um, I was like, oh, I'm just going to get, you know, get a membership at like the local LA fitness and start mm-hmm. swimming just to get like my cardio in mm-hmm. and, you know, keep that heart rate moving. Sure. Oh no. I thought I was going to drown, dude. Like I, I got like a hundred meters. I was like, oh, I'll yeah. just swim like a mile a day or something like that. Jeez. No, yeah. dude, I got like a hundred meters and I was mm-hmm. like, my heart rate's jacked up. Like, yeah. The breathing is so different. You're not like yeah. with running. You don't like, have air. <laughs> yeah. Like you're with running. You're like consistently nasal breathing with like you know you can breathe mm-hmm. through your nose and your mouth and it's like yeah. consistent yeah with swimming it's like i'm like stroke 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 oh no i need it <laughs> and then i'm like all right i need to slow down so i can go further and then i'm going so slow that i'm like all right i'm just gonna drown if i go any slower <laughs> so yeah swimming's not my strong suit yeah, i can I do it, it. <clears throat> i can do it but yeah it's not a what about biking yeah the biking i actually just started getting into as well uh, more so on like the mountain biking realm okay um but yeah again just I'm, I'm still gonna be a runner at heart, always. Yeah. Um, so what are the chances you do an Ironman? Probably none. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe if I if maybe I, in if the I, future. Yeah. If one of you guys were like, I'm doing it, I'll be like, all right, screw it. I'll do we gotta it. convince him. Probably won't be too uh, hard. No, nah, he's probably. crazy. Um, yeah, how about the that Florida coast run that you told me about? It's like right on the coast of Florida. I think it's a hundred miler. Yeah. What dude, is that so like? I want to do that. Um, I'm, I want to do it this this winter. Oh shoot! Um, yeah, I wish I'll convince you. To Maybe. <laughs> um, so it's a it's a hundred mile race. I, I don't really care if I do it at, in like the race sense or not, or just go do it like mm-hmm. solo. Um, which I kind of it's going to sound ridiculous, but uh, my dog is like my world. So mm-hmm. I'd like to be the first person to run it with the dog. Um, wow! And get like a. I'd have to get like a running stroller so she doesn't have to. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know how many miles. <laughs> uh, she shit, she'd probably make it at least halfway. Yeah, but, that's um, crazy. Yeah, she's wild. But uh, that's why uh, I have a little puppy at home and I've taken out runs before and then he comes back after like five miles, like he's dying. <laughs> and my parents are like, "What are you doing to the dog?" I'm like, "He oh sprinted in the beginning. It's not my problem. <laughs> he didn't keep the pace." <laughs> yeah, yeah, the mind's that way. It's like if I don't, if she doesn't get at least like five miles a day, it's like she'll like eat the drywall now yeah. <laughs> um but what, uh, uh, what kind of dog do you have what, what i have a belgian malinois are those the ones that can like run up buildings and stuff yeah, yeah those yeah, are yeah. psycho ones that we were talking about they a lot of times they use them for police dogs yeah yeah they're, they're bred for like king, yeah meat king. missiles yeah, yeah the, the joe rogan special oh my gosh uh, yeah so anyway that race is uh it's it's really cool it's um it's Key Largo to Key West, which for me would be perfect because you can't get lost. There's only one. Mm. There's only one. One path. straight path. Yeah, uh, which I'm notorious for. Like, and it's right along the coast, right? Yeah, on so the beach. It's literally. Are you running on the sand? Or are you running on pavement? Or it's there's a road. Okay. Um, I think it's Route One. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's dead straight. It's like pancake flat. Besides bridges <laughs> from each each island yeah but you're running all of the keys so it's like island to island it's so really cool. like, that's, that's dude cool. there's parts of it where like like there's one bridge that's seven miles long so you're just yes. like on a bridge there's like nothing for yeah you. 
And then... Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, now that I think about those bridges where it's just, like, <laughs> ocean, ocean. Yeah, that's all yeah. yeah. And, and, and even, like, even some of the islands, like, it's, like, you'll be, like, on the road, and there's, like, five feet on each side is uh, each ocean. Wow. So you're, like, all right, Pacific, Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. I could literally, like, dip my each toe into one. Wow. Um, which is kind of cool. That uh, is cool. I just, I like the thought of, again, going back to the beginning of, like, being able to, like, go places on foot. Yeah. Listen to me, I don't know why. It just, like, No, I like it. Me. Yeah. Um... And, uh, and I think that one would be really cool. For sure. Uh, especially because, again, the beach is, like, my, like, forte. So, yeah. No, I love um, the beach, too. And to get away from the winter. Yep. Do something different. Mm. Um, so that that would be, like, the next, like, ultra goal. Right. Um, to do that. But there is, like, a, shank, a sanctioned race that is called the Keys 100. Mm. Um, and they have a 50-mile and a 100-mile. Okay. But, uh, but the Key Largo to Key West is pretty cool because you're basically just starting out the tip of Miami and mm-hmm. just running through all the oh, keys. That's so cool. Which is cool. That might be the one to do, man. Dude, I, I don't even care. Like like I said to you, I, I would do it in a group. Yeah. If, like, if we had like a couple guys and sure. like, each one takes a leg right. and just make like a weekend out of it. Or, yeah. Like, a two, three day. Like you yeah. can even camp out in yeah. different, different islands that's or whatever. That's so cool. I don't know. I'll yeah. stay in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> No, you got at least twelve miles. <laughs> Knew that for sure. So let's go. Uh, let's go back into Icor. Like, uh, what is like? What would you say? Like, the main mission of Icor is like why? Like, what? What? Like, what gets you up in the morning to like keep running it, keep doing it? I think even more than Icor, it's like for me, you know, anything that I do is is passion driven. Um, like I said, it's like I'm either one hundred and twenty percent in or mm-hmm. zero. Um, and uh, I I don't know. Like I think. Uh, the impact that it has on you know some of the kids and and the lives that it's changed mm-hmm. is really what like keeps me going yeah um because like any business there's you know you're always dealing with some kind of headache or whatever sure you're like overcoming some obstacle right um but i think the relationships that it creates and like the the lives that it's changed um especially with the kids um just hearing some of their stories of like where mm-hmm. they came from and then where they are now yeah. and like watching them grow is kind of crazy. Like I always felt like young and now as I get older, I'm like watching these kids grow mm-hmm. up and I'm like, dude, it's incredible to see like what they become and what they're doing. And, and sure. you know, like when you, know, you have a kid that's not athletic at all when he first comes in mm-hmm. or like, um, you know, maybe even like autistic ish, like not, mm-hmm. not doesn't fit into like mm-hmm. traditional group settings yep. um, and then finds this craft and just hones in on it. And now it's like, oh, they're going off to college with a full ride scholarship yeah. for athleticism. And it's wow. like, that's kind of cool to watch. Mm. Right. And, uh, and then the same, the same goes as far as like, you know, my, my history and like work history. Yeah. Uh, I never really did well working for someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was always like extremely hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always felt like the more I did, the more I was expected to do. Sure. And I'm watching everyone around, like not everyone, but people around me not doing half of that. And it's like frustrating to not get like the reward for it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I remember you told us before i you were just working like a manual labor job, right? Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, installing geothermal systems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it was a cool concept, but again, it was just, it was like, to me, it, yeah. it wasn't doing anything for me. Um, Versus like being able to create a business um, that employs people and giving mm. them like the job that I basically wish that I had. Yeah. Um, so like being able to provide a community and a and a group um, of like individuals that 
come together and collectively make this thing really what it is. Because sure. the I-Corps without that is nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the community, the culture, and the environment that it breeds with the employees, the staff that we have, is really what makes it what it is. Yeah. Um, so I think um, that kind of fuels it for me between like what it does for the customers and what it does for the staff as far as in providing like a place where not only can we like pay them well, um, but as but also treat them really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're all just like one big family. Sure. Um, so I often find myself lately, like I've, I've almost like worked myself out of a job mm-hmm. um, for right now until my summer guys leave for college. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the, it's really cool to watch them kind of take over and run things. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's like, that's a really rewarding process in starting something. I mean, just being fulfilled in the fact that you can create something. Definitely. And uh, I don't think, I think everyone has that like in them. Right. Um, you know, obviously like if, if I enjoyed working a regular job, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of grateful for the failure of not being able to work for someone else. Yeah, no, for <laughs> because sure. Because it's what bred like, you know, going into this. <laughs> Definitely. There's one thing I want to hit on is uh, Noah. Now, I did mm. two builds for Noah. He actually basically started Sen City because we weren't going to do it, and then somehow they got in contact with uh, me and Adam, and uh, we did that build, and that's where Sen City actually took off, and now I'm doing something else, obviously. but um, So he passed away probably a year or two ago, and now you guys have, uh, I remember the obstacle in the gym, Noah's Ladder, the mm. Salmon Ladder, you named it after him. Um, what did that can mean to you? Dude, that was that was sort of tragic, like story. So yeah. his his story was like actually incredible. I don't know if you read it, but there was like when what, he was adopted. Yep. Uh, when he was a, he was adopted from Kazakhstan. Wow. And um, when he was adopted, there was actually like a I think it was like a six page article on um, on like written on him um, in like the New York Times. Wow. Um, because back then, especially. I mean, I might still be, but you couldn't adopt a kid out of Kazakhstan. Mm. Uh, it was like a, they wouldn't allow, you know, uh, them to leave the country. Wow. Um, so his parents went there. Um, I don't know the in-depth story of what spread. Like how that even happened. Yeah, yeah. But they went there. It's a miracle. They found this kid, um, you know, in a basically like an orphanage t- type situation. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and they just like fell in love with him yeah like, so they ended up literally like uh, quitting their jobs literally moving there for like six months and just like getting petitions and just like just volleying crazy for this kid to get him out and yeah. give him the life that he deserved wow. um so his they, parents are from here mm-hmm yeah. wonder what made them go to Kazakhstan. Yeah, I don't I don't know the back story to that. Yeah. Um but I know that it was like an incredible mission that they went on to like to make this happen. Yeah. And um so that was that was pretty it was a pretty cool story. Yeah, um, for sure. And and getting to meet and witness him in the gym setting. He is the small mighty little yeah. little giant. He was super small, um, man. He was uh he was probably one of the best that we've had. Um but the coolest thing was just his like attitude and mentality mm. for life was just like so vibrant. Yeah. Um, he was always like goofing around, smiling, mm-hmm. like always laughing. Like, I don't think I've ever seen the kids sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that was kind of rough in the sense that when, when he passed away, it was, it was just sudden. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't really anything that like anyone 
could do or right. knew. It was mm-hmm. one of those conditions that, um, you know, it was just unforeseen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was rough in this in the sense that like I kind of like cultivated this atmosphere of of all these people to create this like positive kind yeah. of experience, especially for kids that are like six eight years old, mm-hmm. um, and then to have to like confront them and be like, yeah, like this is what happened. He's not coming back. Like yeah. it's kind of it was kind of like uh, it's super rough. Yeah, it's the, one of those things you don't plan for. No. Um, but but his uh, yeah his legacy lives on and for sure we're gonna we're gonna well, keep that going. if you don't mind me asking what uh, what happened I mean he I, I had, understand he passed away yeah but. he had like a I think they call it like congenitive like bowel disorder basically he like went septic um, in his sleep mm-hmm. overnight one night he uh, he was complaining that he he like wasn't feeling well but it wasn't anything like mm-hmm. drastic yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and he had like gone to sleep, so his parents were like, all right, we'll let him sleep it off, and, and he just never woke up. Yeah. So that was that was rough for them, definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But again, like having this community and having mm-hmm. like what we have as far as like the the atmosphere and like the, the the community sense that we have that really like brought everyone together for sure. In you know in in you know, uplifting what he stood for. Yeah, at the World Championship last year, because he qualified for it during his run, I guess they, they like, hit the buzzer for yeah. him and kind of dedicated it to him, and then you did the same and latter thing. So that's, it's cool to see his spirit and legacy just live yeah, on. Yeah, that was cool. And and uh, and I'm planning on uh, hosting, a, a, like, a 5K race. Oh, that's um, cool. For the charity that he was from. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we can make that, like, a yearly thing. That'd be cool. Because um, we want to keep the parents and, and everyone involved. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you'll have to come out and remember win that for me. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so down, man. Cool. Um, any any other questions for Mark? That's it for me. Cool. Anything else you wanna hit on? Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right, we'll wrap it up. We're uh we're like an hour fifteen in, so sounds good, man. Appreciate Sweet. it. Thanks for having me out. Yeah, yeah. man. Looking forward to doing it again. Appreciate sometime. it. Hell yeah, yeah. bro. Till next time. Peace. Peace.